Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsors. The Angler Magazine of the Great Smoky Mountains and the Upstate covers fishing and outdoor-related activity from Knoxville, Tennessee to Abington, Virginia, all the way down to Columbia, South Carolina, and everything in between. They are a local magazine with national reach. The Angler Magazine of the Great Smoky Mountains and the Upstate is ready to take you on your adventure to the outdoors. Sunrift Adventures and Historic Travelers Rest South Carolina has been outfitting the foothills for over 37 years with the best boats, bikes, tents, and more. With great brands, Sunrift has you covered for every adventure. Stop into Sunrift Adventures' unique outdoor shop and say hello today. Go to sunrift.com for more information. That's sunrift.com. Welcome to Matt and Michelle Outdoors, where we take you to explore the outdoors, enjoy dining, recreation, lodging, and shopping. We also want to make sure to introduce you to the influencers, innovators, and leaders in our outdoor economy. Welcome to Matt and Michelle Outdoors, and and really looking forward to telling you about the great experience we had on a recent visit to uh, Ferguson, North Carolina, which is just outside of Wilkesboro, North Carolina, for the Tom Dooley and Appalachian Culture Festival. This was a great time and an unexpected day of you know of surprise experiences and stories and history and everything that I was yeah. not anticipating. It absolutely reminded me um, of being a kid, and I can't remember the the place that I'd gone to as a kid, but we actually dressed up in old timey clothes to go. And you could see people making like lye soap and and other you know interesting things back in the day and this was exactly that um but so fun and and it being a festival as well with the music and everyone there uh doing the crafts and the doing the um quilting and yeah so let's tell you a little bit about where it was hosted okay and uh, why it made sense to do the uh, tom dooley and appalachian culture festival there so it was hosted at whippoorwill academy and village which was really beautiful property, large property, and it is set up as a historic education um, facility. They also do weddings and private events and everything, but they do group tours uh, for companies, for families, for schools especially, where they expose people to the history of the Yadkin Valley, and they have it set up almost like a frontier village. And so you have all these different cabins that are all on the grounds, set up like an actual working village um, it, you know, you said it reminded you of someone when you were young. Growing up in New England, we used to go to like Old Sturbridge Village or Pilgrim Village where people dressed up as yeah. pilgrims and they lived as pilgrims. Exactly. And this was like that. Each cabin had someone there in costume and was you know, like doing the activities, whether it was, you know, spooling the wool or if it was working at the jail or the blacksmith who was, you know, going ahead and blacksmithing. But Whippoorwill Academy and Village... Uh, just a little description so you know a little bit about what they do. They said they provide students with high-quality learning activities and relevant situations beyond the walls of the classroom, and they say it's vital for helping students appreciate their firsthand experiences from a variety of different perspectives. Um, The village was created by Edith Carter with her husband, Hill, in Ferguson, North Carolina, to preserve a part of the area's rich history. Um, Edith, a retired teacher, was driven to educate visitors about the events that had taken place and helped shape the Yadkin River Valley. 
in northwestern North Carolina. Her legacy continues today, and they offer tours and activities that provide those out-of-classroom learning opportunities for students of all ages. By understanding the past, we are better able to prepare for the future. And um, so that's the description of Whippoorwill Academy and Village. Now, when you overlay an Appalachian and, and Tom Dooley festival on top of those grounds and that setting and the people in their costumes and, like you said, the music, the arts activities, but also the old work, you know, the old chapel, the blacksmith shop, as I talked about, all the different cabins working in the classrooms, the single-room classroom school building and this old smokehouse and everything, it really gave you an immersive feel. It know? really did. Yeah, you really, um, you just kind of phased in and out of being modern and in this past. And um, it, there was absolutely uh, just just this um, this per- permanence, permeance of the, the area while we were there mm-hmm. that was, was so, it just took hold of you. It really did. And you could see it take hold of the other people that were there for the festival as well. Well, you know, and some of that is in the fact that the people that were there, the volunteers and people associated with Whippoorwill and some of the, I guess you would say, reenactors um, that were part of it, um, they knew the history inside and out. And even to the point where there was one section where there were these big boulders, and those were the actual boulders that served as part of the foundation for a hunting lodge where Daniel Boone had stayed. Yeah. You know, and so getting the history and like climbing on the, you know, being there and touching those rocks and being a history buff like I am and and loving all that and and knowing that, oh, these are actual stones that Daniel Boone stood on. You know, it's really cool. Should we talk about um, Tom Dooley? Yeah, go ahead. Fill us in on Tom Dooley. Now, that's a name that a lot of people in the Southern Appalachians will recognize and also people who um, may say, wasn't that a song, a really popular song? It was a very popular song. And as a matter of fact, we might have to include a little clip in here in post-production of an old air organ in the old cabin chapel where they played Tom Dooley for us on the old air pump organ, which was really cool. But I can maybe I can I think I can pull some audio because I recorded some of that in there and I can put it in in post-production so people can hear it because it's such a cool sound. Yeah, and I think that um, I think it was the Kingston Trio that had done like a popular Billboard yeah, that number was the one chart song topping. back in yeah. the fifties, but they had taken it from old Appalachian um, like hand me down yeah. kind of kind of playing, and that came from um, the story of Tom Dooley, which uh, started in in eighteen sixty eight. He was hanged in Statesville, North Carolina, after being convicted of murdering his lover, Laura Foster, in 1866. And, um, but, but the legend goes beyond just the, the hanging your lover. Yeah, there's, um, there's yeah, hanging after killing your lover. There's a lot more to it because why would you have a festival named after a murderer, right? <laughs> That's very macabre, uh, you know. But there is such a rich history there, and so many you know scandalous, tantalizing side stories to it. Right, exactly. And if you go there, they'll give you tours. Um, you know, while you're sitting in one of the old cabins um, at that site at Whippoorwill. Yeah, some of the old collections, Civil War right. memorabilia and, and different communications and everything else. But also, if you just visit Wilkes County, 
um, and go to a visitor center or, or go into you'll some of the old time. You'll get yeah. to hear the stories of Tom Dooley and the legends that surround him. Uh, and so, you know, really encourage people to do that. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to just talk about some of the different things okay. that they had set yeah. up there and talk about the experience of them. So um, the first thing that stood out to me, I got a chance to talk to um, a couple of different people and going over the history and the family histories of the families that settled, you know, the the pioneer type folks that had settled Yadkin Valley, um, which, you know, of course, was already populated. There were already people that were living right. there. But as far as European settlers coming in and the rich history there. And in one of the conversations that I had with one of the historians talking about how they believed there were generational curses and generational blessings. Mm. that carry on based right. on the way that people carried themselves and dealt with others. Yes. And it was an interesting conversation. There was a lot of folk storytelling right. that went on throughout mm-hmm. the whole festival. Everywhere you stopped, there were stories being shared. But talking about the legacies involved around this festival and around Whippoorwill and everything, from and this was not one of the family members, but talking about the families involved in creating it and the rich history they had of service and giving back in the community and helping to create schools and healthcare and, yeah. and integration and, and things and even like where um, where there had been slave uh, where there had been slave ownership and families came in and then freed slaves and gave them land and things to have their own farms and all that and talking about how and now what you see around you today is some of that generation generational blessing of having done things the right way right. And I thought that was wow. such an encouragement, you know, and it was such and a great I lesson that to hear was, today. Was um, well encouraging for us, for our um, our children, and so on and so on. But maybe you get stuck, and it wasn't. Didn't you have a, a great 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 grandfather <laughs> that was a, a pirate? Yeah, we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> Yeah. But needless to say, my bloodline is still banned from Maryland. Yes. Um, well. But anyway, uh, but anyway we'll, save yeah, that, was, we'll save that for a trip to Maryland when we go undercover. But those are the kinds of stories that um, that you just, you feel that. That's the thing for me is you absolutely in that space at Whippoorwill, you absolutely feel the um, the family and the pulling together and the kind of community that we just don't really see as much anymore. And so it was such an amazing festival that way. Yeah, and even, too, talking about um, the, you know, getting arrested and thrown behind bars, which I've got a great picture of you behind bars. Yes. But even (laughs) the jail is a cabin yeah. right there in the middle of the right. village yeah. with windows exposed to everybody. You're right there. It's not like you're some be, yes. you know tucked away out in the rural hills behind some big concrete jungle thing and take removed from the community. Right. If you're sitting in that jail, you're, you're seeing and hearing it from everybody center. right you're right, right in the middle of it. So there was a there was a humiliation was like accountability a, to it as it well. Was, that's like a, a um, an Andy Taylor moment with with Otis in the you know cell. Everyone comes by to say hi. You know? Yeah, Andy Griffith. Oh, uh, Andy, Andy Griffith. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, also the blacksmith. Um, you know, it was really cool to see a working smithy. You know, and having the coals and you know and, yeah. and, and the grind wheel to get the air pump going in there and and the sound of the clang and everything but then the smoke smell almost like a gunpowder kind of smell is what the blacksmith coals smell like almost kind of like a gunpowder smell and how it just kind of wafts through the 
village. And so everybody knows when the blacksmith's working. Right. You know, because not only do you hear it, but you can smell it and everything. Well, same with when dinner's ready as well. You yeah, can, yeah, yeah, You can smell the, the food, like wafting. Bread. Well, and you ring the bell and everybody yeah. can hear it. You know, yeah. you guys got to experience that with me at, you know, my family homestead when we were up in Maine not too long ago and it would be dinner time oh. and I rang the bell and everything. <laughs> People would be sitting right there by it. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. And they're like, really, you don't have to ring it. I'm like, yeah, I do. Ding, yeah, ding, ding. The kids were Food's like, ready. what? No. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Just but for us. me, you know, going yeah. back to my childhood, that's, yeah. you know, when you're off on the hill, you're climbing a tree or something, right. you hear that bell, it carries. Yeah. And so you'd hear, it's and like, you, oh, time to eat. And if you yeah. weren't there to eat, you didn't your, eat. Your Pavlovian instinct just comes <laughs> alive and you've got to go running. The other thing that stood out to me that I wanted to touch on was the um, the demonstration and exhibit that they did on Appalachian toys. Oh, that was so fun. It was a lot of fun, the old toys. Yeah. But the practicality of them. You yes. know, that it was all fun, playful toys, I but never, it was teaching them skill sets I that they never, needed to survive in the mountains. Never in the put that together. And, I mean, I might have learned it when I was, you know, sometime in old history lessons or something, but as an adult, that was the first time it's like entered my head that toys were made specifically to teach children how to do their chores, yeah. et cetera, you know, and as they and get how to older. contribute in the community. Yeah. You know, it's funny because what games did we grow up, you know, playing? It was um, Monopoly. Yeah. You know, right. uh, um, <gasps> risk. Capitalism. You know, oh, my gosh. It, um, and clue. war. It was oh, always no. suspicion, um, you know, conquering yeah. and, and you know, financial entanglements but and everything. In the same way that children today grow up on their devices, you know, they're going to go into a world where that's very important for them to, to know that. So it can. Yeah. Well, some of the examples, and it was funny because I didn't realize how familiar I was with that stuff until yeah. we started doing it. And then yeah. I became a teacher along with the person you doing the exhibit. always do. It doesn't matter where Because we I grew up. I grew yeah. up playing these things. So, you know, in down east Maine, along the coast of Maine, yeah. a lot of those toys that were on display for Appalachian traditional, you know, old pioneer toys right. were toys that were brought here when, when you know, when the Scots oh, and, and yeah. everything okay. settled into the highlands. Right. Sure. Well, where did they come in through? They came in through New England. So a lot of the same toys... I grew up with that were passed along for the fishing villages in down east Maine. So I knew exactly what every one of them were. And I instantly, you, you yeah, saw, I right. instantly started doing them and yeah. successfully and right. then started teaching other people. Yes. And, uh, you know, one of our good friends, Thomas, uh, who works with the TDA in Wilkesboro, um, I started showing him how to do this ring toss thing. And you have these two sticks and, and the big loop and to, it, the ribbons. They're almost like drummer sticks. And you, you put them together almost like a triangle. like And, to, you, and you're throwing catch and catching big hoop. Right. Big hoop thing. And, you know, started doing it. He was figuring it out and everything. And then I was like, there, you're learning how to toss hay bales. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. So that's what this is. We're learning how to toss and catch hay bales. Yeah. You know, and then there was the other one where you have the... the um, the little the person, the little person climb the ropes. Right, it's the like a rope puppet that thing. goes up. It's these a puppet two ropes. that you pull on these two ropes, um, you know, back and forth, and it climbs all the way to the top. Well, what it's doing, it's got little um, little wood balls on the bottom of the ropes, and you're pulling on them one left, right, left, right, left, right, and it makes the toy climb. It's teaching you how to milk a cow properly. Properly, yeah. how to yeah. properly how to hold it and how and to that time feel the feel of it. Yeah. yeah, and the tension of it. And Any things. others? Yeah, and and so you know there were there were several different toys that you know um, encouraged mechanical 
reasoning, mechanical ah, understanding, yeah. um, so that you could, with the farm equipment. So like, like, like the that. clickety-clack one where the piece of wood would like go down the other pieces of wood, it almost looked like, I can't, I can't really describe it, but um, that would almost be like, like farming equipment yeah, type yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and like belts and yeah. things like that how, on, on farm equipment or right. things like that. But then also even the, the little thing where you had basically a paddle with these four little wooden chickens on it and you'd shake it and in the right way so that the little chickens would all be feeding off the center of the paddle in a little fake pile of seeds. Yeah. Well, that was learning the motion and the and the speed at of which to, to spread feed, seeds. Of, of yeah. how to feed the chicken. So you don't just get too. big row piles of seeds. You, you right. spread them properly. That's so cool. It's yeah. just mind-blowing and fun. Yeah, so it was really cool. And, you know, um, and we had some fun visiting the Whippoorwill Academy and Village. Thank you for tuning in to Matt and Michelle Outdoors. If you'd like to keep up with us and our travels, just go to mattmichelleoutdoors.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the trails and waterways soon. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.